I just pray that you'll be totally blessed this morning. So this morning, I'm preaching on the tree of life, being rooted in Jesus. But we'll just pray, okay? Thank you, Heavenly Father, for this morning. And I thank you, Lord, for everybody here. And I thank you, Lord, that you're going to touch everybody. And I thank you, Lord, that you're going to encourage and speak to people here this morning. And I just pray that they all walk out of this place feeling totally blessed and loved by you. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. (coughs) So, just as I have said, I am speaking on the tree of life, being totally planted, rooted, established in Jesus in every area of our lives. Now, as you read through the Bible, you will notice that trees, or a reference to trees, is mentioned quite a lot in the Bible. And today we're going to start right at the very beginning, in the Garden of Eden, because that is where we first see um, the tree of life. That's where it's first mentioned. So Genesis 2, verse 8 to 10. Now the Lord God... He had planted a garden in the east, in Eden, and there he put the man that he had formed. And the Lord God made all kinds of trees grow out of the ground, trees that were pleasing to the eye and good for food. In the middle of the garden were the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. A river watered the garden, flowed from Eden. From there it was separated into Four headwaters. So we see right in the beginning, God gave us a variety of plants and trees. Some were for us to enjoy and just look at, and others, of course, were for provision for food and protection, shelter, healing, and things like that. God even placed a river right there in the middle, supplying all of the watering needs of the plants in that garden. Now, I've tried to imagine just how magnificent (laughs) this garden would be, but I think it's quite impossible because nobody could really know how beautiful that garden would have been. I mean, I, I see pictures pop up on Facebook of lovely English gardens and things like that, and it's like, oh, yeah, that's so colourful. But God would have made it much more vibrant than any of those gardens. <coughs> now, as we um, read further on, it says, the Lord God made a woman to help the man take care of the garden in Eden. You see... He wants a relationship with us right back in the garden. It speaks that God came and he walked in the garden with them. Now, he instructs them that they could eat of any tree, but he commanded that they not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So we all know that they got tempted, they ate the fruit, leading to God banishing them and um, from the garden, and life became a real lot different. It became hugely different from then for, for them from that day on, and it impacts us all to this very day. Yet, of course, 
God still is longing to have that personal relationship with all of us. That's why we're all here. That's why he created us all. But that's when his son, Jesus, came to earth. He he, uh, was born, he grew up and lived just like any one of us. But he lived an extraordinary life, suffered humiliation, torture. He dies undignified on the cross. But he lives. He rose from the tomb and now sits in heaven with the Father, leaving us his Holy Spirit as our helper, shepherd, comforter and so much more. See, Jesus, he came to replace the old covenant with the new. I just loved how um, trees, like I said, are mentioned everywhere in the Bible. And it even says with this prophecy of Jesus predicted coming from the ancestry line of Jesse, which is King David's dad. So reading in Isaiah 11, 1 to 2, it says, A shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. From his root a branch will bear fruit. The spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and of understanding, the spirit of counsel and of power, the spirit of knowledge and the spirit of the fear of the Lord. So everything is all tied in if you read it. Everything is tied in to Jesus. So going back to Genesis just for a moment... God placed the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil right in the middle of the Garden of Eden. So where they stood in the centre of it all. The tree of life stood there as a symbol of God's life-giving presence and the fullness of eternal life available to us through Christ Jesus so it was planted right back in the beginning. It was um, God was pointing to Jesus right back in the beginning. Now, just as the branches of a tree strengthen and grow upwards, reaching to the sky, we too, we need to grow stronger in our personal, physical and our spiritual development, striving for greater knowledge, wisdom and new experiences as we journey through life, reaching our hands upwards in worship. As the roots of the tree grow downwards, further into the ground in search of water and nutrients, we need to be planting our roots deep into Jesus because he is our solid foundation and we just need to make sure that we are planting our roots deep in Jesus. Now, for many years, I have loved just how the cedar tree of Lebanon is described. Now, reading in Ezekiel 31, 3 to 8, which is it's really funny because um, today in my Bible through year, it was this scripture that I'm, I read this morning. And I thought, yeah, it's funny how God just works. <coughs> but anyway... So Ezekiel 31, 3 to 8. Consider Assyria, once a cedar in Lebanon, with beautiful branches overshadowing the forest. It towered on high, its top above the thick foliage, 
The waters nourished it, deep springs made it grow, grow tall. Their streams flowed all around its base and sent their channels to all of the trees of the field. So it towered higher than all the trees of the field. Its boughs increased and its branches grew long, spreading because of abundant water. All the birds of the air nested in its boughs. All the beasts of the fields gave birth under its branches. All the great nations lived in its shade. It was majestic in beauty with its spreading boughs for its roots went deep down into abundant water. The The cedars in the garden of God could not rival it, nor could the pine trees equal its boughs, nor could the plane tree compare with its branches. No tree in the garden of God could match its beauty. God made that. It was such a beautiful tree. And it's described with such, yeah, such magnificence. See, the cedar of Lebanon is described as the kind of people or community that God intended for us to be. It was majestic. It was beautiful. And its roots went deep down into abundant water. It was a place where the lost, the broken, the lonely find hope, healing and love. But yet, as we look further on in that passage of scripture, I don't think I'd put any of it up because it's quite long. But if we um, start reading from verse 9, so this is a little bit of it. It says that I made it beautiful with abundant branches, the envy of all the trees of Eden in the garden of God, which caused it to become so proud of its height and beauty, God had it cut down. He had it put aside. You see, God doesn't want us to be so self-reliant or inward-focused or proud that we forget about who created us in the first place. Because that tree had forgotten who who made it. We need to remember that God is the one who created us and he gives us everything that we need. It's all about our heart. It's not about the way we look. We all start off as a seed. God's kingdom starts off in us as a seed, which will grow when it is fed properly. In Psalm 1, 1 to 3, it says, Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of mockers. But but his delight is in the law of the Lord and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by the streams of water which yield its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever he does prospers. And in Proverbs 12, verse 3, the righteous cannot be uprooted. So we need to make sure that we are established, having that firm, strong foundation being totally planted 
and rooted in Jesus. So how can we do this, you might ask. So I have three points today. So have faith in prayer, believe in the power of the word and filled with the anointing by his presence. So point one, have faith in prayer. When we um, become a born-again Christian, we all say the sinner's prayer. We accept Jesus into our hearts, believing that we are saved. Now, if you think about it, that takes incredible faith because back then, sometimes we don't know what we're doing. We just have this thing, feeling inside that draws us. But it takes incredible faith in a single prayer. Colossians 2, 6 to 7. So then, just as, as you have received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith that you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. Hebrews 11, um, it is titled the faith chapter. I'm just going to read two verses. Verse 1, Now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. And verse 6, And without faith it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. So it takes enormous faith, like I've said before, to become a Christian. But we will grow when we are firmly planted in Jesus. Jesus explains faith. In Mark 4, 31 to 2, it says, Jesus explained that a mustard seed is the smallest seed you plant in the ground. Yet when planted, it grows and becomes the largest of plants, garden plants, with such big branches that the birds of the air can perch in its shade. And Luke 17, 6, Jesus replied, If you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea and it will obey you. So faith is just tiny, tiny little seed. I don't know whether I've actually really seen a a mustard tree, but yeah, it starts really tiny. So our faith, it starts off extremely small, yet has the potential to grow excessively big and powerful in our lives, especially when we feed it properly, watering it and praying. It will cause it to develop strong, firm and a really powerful relationship with God. Faith and prayer go together. Romans 12, 12, be faithful in prayer. So we need to be faithful in prayer. 
Now, my um, devotion at the moment, or my Bible in a year, is um, an online app on the U version. It's Nicky Gumbel Bible in a Year. And just the other day, he um, said that when he became a Christian, he was taught the Acts model way of praying. So A, adoration, C, confession, C, a T is thanksgiving, S is supplication. So adoration, we just praise God for who he is. C is confess of any sin. T, thank him for what he's doing in your life or whatever. And um, S is supplication, which is asking for if you have a need or family or a friend. That's quite simple. I mean, my prayers can be sometimes even simpler that than that. I wake up in the morning and I can say, good morning, Lord, and prayers throughout the day might be a bit longer or sometimes I can just yell out, help me, God, you know. I mean, it, it doesn't really matter. But, yeah, just as long as we speak to God throughout the day. It doesn't just have to be, yeah, one time, a set time, but just try and, you know, make time for God all the time. Faith tells me that no matter what lies ahead of us, God is already there. So faith and prayer is a solid foundation for our roots. So our hearts become ready for the planting of the word. Which brings me to point two. Believe in the power of the word. Matthew 13, 1 to 9. That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat by the lake. Such large, large crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat there, sat in it, while all the people stood on the shore. Then he told them many things in parables, saying, A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he scattered the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on the rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But then when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no roots. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plant. Still other seeds fell on good soil, where it produced a crop, a hundred, sixty or thirty times what was sown. He who has ears, let him hear. So it's important for us to have that foundation right in the first place. So our soil will be perfect for the receiving of seeds. And then they will grow strong roots and be watered, ready for the word of God, which produces a strong, solid trunk and healthy branches. Joshua 1, 7 to 9. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all of the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. 
Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you everywhere you go. So God is there. He's everywhere we are. And his word planted in our heart is our strength, our power, courage, prosperity and also our success. Psalm 119, verse 97. Oh, how I love your law. I meditate on it all day long. And verse 103. How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. In verse 105, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light for my path. 2 Timothy 3.16, all scripture is God-breathed, thoroughly equipping us for every good work. See, God's word in our hearts brings life, freedom and the power to do what we need to do. So point three, filled with the anointing by his presence. If we want to grow spiritually and want to go out filled with God's anointing, then we need faith We need to pray, we need to get empowered through the reading of God's word and we need to spend time in God's presence. Now, if you go back to the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve, they lived in the presence of God every day that they were alive until, of course, they disobeyed him. But Jesus has made it possible to bring us back into that right relationship so we can get right back into the presence of God. Accessing us to the Father is only made possible through his son, Jesus. Ephesians 2.18 For through him we both have access to the Father by one spirit. Now, ultimately, we are spending time in God's presence when we pray and read the Bible. But there are times he wants us just to sit in silence, not say a word. We need to listen for his voice. And then we can worship, praise and give thanks to God. Psalm 46.10 Be still and know that I am God. Jeremiah 29.13 You will seek me. And find me when you seek me with your whole heart. James 4, yeah, James 4, verse 8. Come near to God and he will come near to you. See, God is waiting for you. He's longing to be with you. His presence is everywhere, but he's longing for you just to make it known that you're sitting in his presence. Psalm 92, verse 12 to 14. 
The righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon. Planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of our God. They will still bear fruit in old age. They will stay fresh and green. You see, God wants us to grow and he wants us to flourish. Growth and prosperity come from God for it is spending time with him who gives the increase. God will cause the seed sown to take root and to grow when we spend time in his presence. God will bless the seeds with abundant water, causing them to strengthen and grow within our hearts. Spending time in God's presence isn't just at home, is it? It's wherever we are. Whether you're going for a walk, whether you're sitting in your car, in your par- in the park, in a shop, when we're here at church, in a connect group, or anywhere, God is there. God is right there with you. That's the beauty of God. He's omnipresent. He's everywhere. He's everywhere where we are. And the more time we spend with him, the more time will be open up, open to his presence. Philippians 1.6 Be confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to the day of... Um, sorry. <laughs> he, will, um, he who began the good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. We can all grow and become that person God wants us to be when we seek him and relying on him for the leadership in our life. As we depend on the leading of the Holy Spirit, we will become a place where the lost, broken and lonely can feel secure. But knowing that there is nothing that we do but it's through the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Galatians 5, 22 to 25. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature with its passion and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. So everything good, I mean, everything good is in that, that passage. So everything good comes from the plant, being planted firmly in God and being filled with his Holy Spirit. Now, the tree of life is mentioned 11 times in the Bible. So we read it first in Genesis in the Garden of Eden and right the way through to Revelation, we see it is promised in the paradise of God. So there is a time coming when we will see that great tree of life and are able to eat of its fruit. Now, what a great day that will be. 
It will be a day of complete healing, restoration and getting back to where it all started with that right relationship with God for eternity. In the meantime, we need deep, strong roots to help to support a strong trunk and branches which leads to growth and fruit. As branches grow and leaves multiply, more of the sun's energy will get to the roots, resulting in further growth and more fruit. Branches are like our arms and hands lifted up in surrender, prayer and worship to Jesus. And he will just shine upon, shine down his love upon us. Now much of what happens to a tree isn't visible on um, the outside. So even the tiniest of... Um, smallest of trees, little tiny seedling with its new roots and slim trunk and little tiny branches. It's still a tree. And there was, um, I'll scribble it on here quickly. I know we had some really great worship today, but there was one song. It, it says, God never stops working um, in us. So he never stops working in us when our soul is right. The roots of the righteous shall not be moved, as it says in Proverbs 12, verse 3. They will arise when the ground, when they are grounded in the love of God and built up in Christ, which makes them immovable. Strong roots, trunk and branches happen in time, with time in the scripture, prayer, worship, both alone and together, with, um, with a strong core of love, trust and obedience and humility. God wants us all to be like the tree of life, being totally dependent on Jesus with our roots, trunk and branches all deeply planted in faith, prayer and the power of his word and to be filled with the anointing through his presence. We too can be as majestic as and as beautiful as that cedar tree of Lebanon, with its roots going deep down into abundant waters of God, being a place where the lost, the broken, and the lonely can find hope, healing, love, and Jesus. Our trunk, or our inner core, is being strengthened, and our branches and our hands lifted high and above in worship and surrender. So I'd like to welcome back the team and everyone else can just stand and we'll just um, pray for a moment. So I might just get you to just close your eyes and bow your heads for a moment. Now, first of all, I just want to um, pray for those that don't know Jesus as their Lord and Saviour. So you can just repeat this um, prayer, I'll say, and pray it after me. Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus, knowing that I am a sinner 
I ask for your forgiveness. I believe Jesus died for my sin and rose from the dead. I turn from my sins and invite you to come into my heart and life as my Lord and Saviour. According to your word, I believe I am now saved in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Now, I don't know um, everybody here, but if anybody has prayed that prayer for the first time and maybe online they prayed that for a first time, please let us know. We would um, like to walk this next part of your life with you. And just know that you are now a child of God. Now I'm going to finish on this last scripture, but I want you to still keep your eyes closed and your head bowed and I'll just pray this scripture over you. It's from Ephesians 3, 14 to 21. For this reason, I kneel before the Father from whom his whole family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his Holy Spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have the power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we all can ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Thank you, everyone. So if you do need prayer, you can come up and ask us after. Thank you, Gary. Can we give uh, Jane a hand for the message this morning? Just before we uh, close the service, I've uh, got a, a, a favour to ask. One of the things that many people don't realise is the uh, things that Jane does behind the scenes and uh, the support, the strength that she gives to me personally but also to many people in the church as well and uh, I am absolutely awestruck by her love, her care, her compassion and um, just wanted to honour you this morning Jane for uh, the woman that you are, the woman of strength in your own right and uh, just want to say thank you for your love for me and your love for so many people here and the things that you do that no one sees and the support that you give to, uh, to me as well. So we've just got a little bunch of flowers here that we've organised uh, for you to say Happy Mother's Day. I think Paul's uh, tear... Communion has got to you, isn't it? It's just going to come away and wipe all that. Just want to say thanks to everyone today. It's been a great day.
really pray that you enjoy Mother's Day today, that you celebrate um, it with your family and friends. Uh, I'm going to close the service right now and just uh, say thanks so much. Don't forget, you've been lit up to light up and that you've been transformed to bring transformation. That's the call of God on your life. I pray you have an incredible week. Don't forget, I see team night this Wednesday. You're going to put some tools into your hands to have some spiritual conversations at 7.30 right here at the church. Come along, be a part of that. It'd be great. But until then, have an incredible week. God bless. Let's just give Jane another hand for the message. It'd be great. Thank you.